And we are continuing our series, Following Jesus, Discovering the Extraordinary Within the Ordinary, where we are following along with the disciples in the Gospels, where we see ordinary people living ordinary lives, but when they followed Jesus, the extraordinary happened. And that can be true for us as well, that when we follow Jesus, the ordinary can become extraordinary. Now, the theme for today, for this morning, is be courageous. And I'm going to challenge you to be a little courageous right now because I'm going to have you turn to someone next to you and talk to them. I know that's breaking some comfort barriers, but that's going to be okay. You'll be all right. What I want you to talk to them about is your favorite water activity. What is your favorite water activity? Is it swimming? Is it fishing? Water skiing? Sailing? Whitewater rafting? Whatever it may be. Take a few moments and discuss that with your neighbors. What is your favorite water activity? Okay, I, I'm not sure what it is about this side of the room, but both services, this side of the room, there was like all sorts of laughter. I don't, it's not a funny question, it's just what's your favorite water activity, but no, that's great. I don't want to know what you're laughing about. It's all good. Uh, last year, uh, I had the opportunity, I was on two different bodies of water. The first in August, uh, my family and I, with, with my parents, and uh, went to Flathead Lake, Montana. Who's ever been to Flathead Lake? Just want to get an idea. I didn't ask if you were from there, just asked if you had been there. That's all I was wondering. Oh, okay, great. Um, and so we were there in Flathead Lake. I did not know this. It's 27 miles from north to south and as long as 15 miles from east to west. It's a big lake. The other um, lake I was on was the Sea of Galilee in Israel. And that lake likewise is good size. Not as big as Flathead Lake, but it's 13 miles north to south and about 8 miles east to west. And... Um, the story that we're about to hear for the scripture of the day takes place in the Sea of Galilee on the northern part of it. Okay, so when we read about that story, it's somewhere up in here that happens. Um, we were, when we were vacationing, we were also in the northern part of uh, Flathead Lake, not far from Lakeside, and we chartered a boat to go fishing. And uh, I have a picture of the boat. It's about a 25-foot boat, and we had a guide that, was, um, that took us out on the water, and it was my dad and my three kids. We were all in the boat with the guide, and we went in fairly deep water far from the shore. You can see in the next picture, uh, we weren't real close to the shore. We were pretty out deep in the water. Uh, Flathead Lake, I didn't realize, can be as deep as like 360 feet or 340 feet, something like that. It's a really deep lake. In fact, they have a Flathead Lake monster. Uh, like the Loch Ness Monster, they have a Flathead Lake Monster. True, I'm not, I didn't see it, but they, they claim there's one there. There's been sightings. Anyway, so we are fishing in deep water far from the shore, and you can kind of see it in the picture, although you'd have to look a little bit more to the left to really see it, is there were some ominous clouds forming in the distance, and so it looked like a storm was coming, and our guide said, hey, look, if it rains, not a big deal. Wind, wind will be in a little trouble, but but rain is not a problem. And so we're keeping an eye on these clouds, and we are looking on the shoreline, and in the midst of some pine trees, we see smoke rising from these trees. And it's like, that's kind of weird. Is there a fire there? What's going on? Well, it didn't take long for our guide to realize that it wasn't smoke, but that it was dust rising above the trees from the wind that had blown it up on shore. 
And immediately our guide is like, okay, we need to go. And so we start reeling in all of our fishing lines um, and he's, all of us are helping getting all the equipment in. And I am not exaggerating, within five minutes, the water went from what you see in the picture to three and four foot waves. That's what the guide told me at least, those were three and four foot waves. And five minutes, we went from that to chaos. And so, um, and it was a good sized boat, but it was still kind of scary. So the guide starts up the boat and we start heading to shore and you know, he's going right into the waves and there's still gear in the back that we didn't have time to put away. And so he signals motions for me to come take control of the boat. And he did not know what you know. Don't give Chuck control of the boat. That's a bad idea, okay? And I didn't have time to explain that to him. So I went and I took control of the boat. And so we're going on the way, boom, boom, boom. And it was just crazy. But we made it back to the shore just fine. But it was unbelievably scary how quickly the water changed. Now, a month later, I was, as I said, I was on the Sea of Galilee with a Bible study tour, and our group leader, I'm telling our group leader about my experience from a month before on Flathead Lake, and he told me, well, that's basically how the storms would come on the Sea of Galilee, that that's how quickly a storm could come up on, on that body of water, except that when that happened to the disciples, they would have been in a boat that looked like this. This is actually a first century fishing boat that they discovered uh, I can't remember if it was in the 80s, but they discovered it within the last 50 years um, off the Sea of Galilee, and they dated it back to the first century. Now, it's a 27-foot boat, so it was a little bigger than the boat I was on at Flathead Lake. Um, but they, and they probably weren't as far as, from shore as we would have been, but they did not have a motor. They did not have life jackets, and most, if not all those disciples, probably did not know how to swim. And so my experience last August has really changed the way I've viewed the story we are about to hear. We've asked Sharon Hayes uh, to read the story. So Sharon, if you can make your way on up to the podium. As she does, I'm going to ask you to please stand and face the center of the room. And we stand because we believe that this is the Word of God. And so Sharon, whenever you are ready, please read from Luke chapter 8. One day... Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Sharon, thank you very much. You may be seated. As I mentioned earlier, the theme for this morning is to be courageous, and the word courage as many of you know, simply means the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., without fear. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, or pain without fear. Now, I would amend that definition a little bit. What I would do is I would cross out without fear, and I would insert the words in spite of fear. I think someone who's courageous is someone who faces difficulty, danger, or pain 
even though there's fear, they still face it. Um, Pastor John, a couple weeks ago, talked about how the disciples, they knew their Bible. Um, it was probably likely that most, if not all of them, uh, had what we call the Old Testament memorized. And even if they didn't have it memorized, they definitely knew the Bi their Bible well enough to know that the event that Sharon just read would have reminded them of another Bible story. What happened to them with the storm and the boat and calming the storm would have reminded them of another story. So I want to see if you can figure out what story that is. So what Bible story is this? Someone is on a boat, that someone falls asleep. A storm arises that poses great danger to the boat. The other people on the boat wake that person up and ask for help. And he wakes up and takes action to calm the storm. Now, some of you are saying, check, that's the one we just read. No, there's another one. There's another one in the Old Testament that would have reminded, the disciples would have thought of this story. Going to give you a second. If you think you know it, whisper it to your neighbor so you get credit. And the story is Jonah. It's the Jonah story. Jonah was sleeping in a boat, and a violent storm came and threatened to break up the ship. And they came to Jonah, and they said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. And Jonah tells them to throw him overboard. And they hesitate, but eventually they do. They throw him overboard. And when they do, the raging sea grew calm, it says. And now the disciples, they would, have they would eventually have made that connection. I don't know when they made that connection, but sooner or later they would have thought about what happened with them, and they would have said, that's a lot like what happened with Jonah. Now my speculation, and this is pure Chuck speculation, is I wonder if they figured it out while they were still in the boat. So Jesus calms the storm, and they're in the boat, and they're like, man, that was crazy. What just happened? And then maybe it would have dawned on them, wow, that was just like the Jonah story. It's just like what happened to Jonah. You know, except, well, except we didn't have to throw Jesus overboard, which, you know, that's a good, good thing because, hey, remember what happened to Jonah after they threw him overboard and the sea was calm? What happened to Jonah next? Yeah, he was swallowed by a great fish, maybe even a whale. And I wonder is as that sunk in, if they started frantically looking in the water. We're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger boat. We need to be courageous because following Jesus is risky. We need to be courageous because following Jesus is risky. As it says in verse 22 and 23, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Now, it was Jesus' idea to go to the other side of the lake. It was his idea to go into the boat. They could have walked. But following Jesus is risky. Again, this is the same Jesus who would tell his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are you when people insult you, 
when people persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So not only should we expect people to insult us, persecute us, and say false things about us, but when that happens, we're supposed to rejoice. See, we ask, how can we be safe and successful? Most of our lives are about staying safe and attaining goals. We value safety and success. Think about how much time we spend, our resources, our time, that go towards those two things, staying safe and being successful. And then when we follow Jesus, we want Jesus to keep us and our loved ones safe, and we want Jesus to help us accomplish our goals, and we want Jesus to help us get what we want, and we want Jesus to help us with our ordinary lives. And this is the human story from one generation to another for thousands of years. Safety and success, safety and success. And while there's nothing wrong with safety and success, those are not Jesus' top values. Mark chapter 8, he says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. And so as one generation to the next seeks safety and success, and again, that's ordinary. Everybody does it. Jesus isn't about the ordinary. He wants to do the extraordinary. And so for the last 2,000 years, he's been looking for faith. Jesus asks, do we have the faith to follow? Do we have the faith to follow? After Jonah, going back to the Jonah story, after Jonah is let go from the great fish, he goes to a group of people called the Ninevites. These were evil, ungodly people. I don't have time to go into detail. And Jonah goes and preaches a message of repentance. And you know what happens? The people change. They turn from their evil ways. It was extraordinary what happened. Likewise, after Jesus calms the storm, the very next story in Luke, you can go to Luke chapter 8 and look. He goes to a region. That's, it's a pagan region. It's an ungodly, evil place. And there he encounters a man who is possessed not by one demon, but a legion of demons. And he casts that legion out. And then he tells the man, go home and tell everyone what the Lord has done for you. And the man does. And the next time that Jesus is in that region, scores of people come out to meet him. It was extraordinary. In verse 25, Jesus asks his disciples, where is your faith? Jesus wants to use us to do the extraordinary, to make an impact and bring the good news to our world. But it's not safe. He's looking for the faith to be courageous. See, following Jesus can lead to us being afraid. When we are being led out of the ordinary into the extraordinary, it often means being led out of our comfort zones and into intense, uncomfortable situations. Again, verse 24, the disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. 
And so when we follow Jesus, we often ask, is Jesus going to ask me to do something that I don't want to do? And the answer is yes. Of course he is. That's what he does. When I was 18-ish, just finishing high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, career-wise, but I know what I didn't want to do. I had that down. And what I didn't want to do was anything that involved working with high school students. And the reason why I didn't want to do anything with high school students is because I was a high school student. I didn't want to work with people like me. We were obnoxious. We didn't listen. We didn't do anything that anybody wanted us to do. And so I knew that as an adult, I don't want to work with high school students. That's not what I want to do. Would you like to guess what my primary activity was from the age of 21 to the age of 31? I worked with high school students. I was a youth minister. High school and, hold on, junior high students. But yeah, crazy. Now, if you're a high school, junior high students, I love you guys, so don't, don't take that. That's for the adults. You guys are great. Um, covering all my bases. But for years, for 10 years, I was doing something that I said I would never do. And I'm still afraid. I'm still afraid of what Jesus is going to ask me to do next. I'm always a little apprehensive of where Jesus will lead me. Because he tends to lead us to places that are uncomfortable. And I don't like that any more than anybody else. In fact, I get a little obnoxious with it. Is I, I will not say, I will never ever do this because God has a sense of humor. And if he hears me say, I will never ever do this, he's going to make me do it. So I won't even do that. Following Jesus, while it can lead to us being afraid, following Jesus can lead to us being amazed. You know, the funny thing about my time in youth ministry is I really loved it. I loved it. It was a blast. It was amazing. And again, it's not what I would have chosen, but that's why Jesus challenges us to have faith, because he knows better than we do. Verse 25, in fear and amazement, the disciples asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. I saw Jesus do amazing things in the lives of students, many lifelong impacts. I'm just going to highlight one briefly. There was a student from a small town not far from the small town I was doing ministry in, and it was like 500 people, the one he was from, and he was attending uh, the youth group I was leading, as well as his own youth group, and this was in Wisconsin. And um, for the past 10 years now, him and his wife, who was also a part of our youth group, they've been doing ministry in Compton, California. Which, for those of you who are familiar with Compton, California, that's not a safe place to go. And they are in a rough, rough neighborhood in the L.A. area, and in the name of Jesus, they're transforming the neighborhood. Raising a young family, and it's not the safest thing to do. But what they're doing, it's amazing. We need to be courageous because following Jesus is risky, and we can be courageous because Jesus is reliable. 
He's reliable. Jesus will lead us to the uncomfortable, to the dangerous, to the risky, not because we can handle it, but because he can handle it. Again, in verse 24, he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. It seems like every generation has a particular movie hero who's the type of character that can handle any and every situation. They just, they've got it covered. They've got it covered. Whether if you want to go to John Wayne and whatever character he played, okay, whoever John Wayne played, he had it covered, right? And so if you were following a John Wayne character in a John Wayne movie, you were in for an adventure, but you could be rest assured that John Wayne would get you through it. Or Indiana Jones, Okay, if you were in a movie following Indiana Jones, you were in for an adventure and Indiana Jones was going to get you through it. He had it covered. Or pick a Marvel comic superhero, Iron Man, Captain America. If you were to go in the movie and follow them, you were in for an adventure and they would have it covered. Now, if you were to enter a movie and follow a John Wayne character or Indiana Jones or Iron Man or Captain America, you wouldn't follow them if you wanted to be safe and ordinary. Those are not the guys to follow. You see, the power of Jesus is not to protect us where we are, but to empower us as we go. I don't ever remember Jesus saying, follow me and I will keep you safe. I do remember Jesus saying, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Or in Acts 1 when he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Apostle Paul, he took all kinds of risks for Jesus. And what did he learn? Well, Philippians 4 says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him, who gives me strength. Maybe we don't experience the power of Jesus because we don't go anywhere. Again, I don't mean that just literally, although that could be literally true, but we don't always take a whole lot of risks for Jesus. When was the last time we took a risk and tried to impact a friend or a family member or a coworker for Jesus? Or when was the last time we changed our behavior, so that we could become a better witness for Jesus? Or when was the last time we gave sacrificially? And I'm not just talking our resources. I'm talking our time as well, to bless someone in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to acknowledge that there are many of you in this room who do that. You take great steps of faith, and you've impacted people for Jesus. You've made changes to how you live. You've given sacrificially both your time and resources. And you have seen God do amazing things. 
And you don't know how encouraging that is to me. Not just because I'm a pastor, but as a follower of Jesus, I am encouraged when I see other followers of Jesus take risks. And I am challenged when I see other people take risks because I need to be reminded that following Jesus isn't safe. It was never intended to be. And others of us, well, maybe we haven't seen as much of Jesus do the amazing because we haven't taken many or maybe any risks for Jesus. And we need to be reminded about the kingdom of God where it says in 1 Corinthians, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. When was the last time Jesus did something in your life that made you ask, who is this? Who is this? And there are a lot of things we can take risks for. Our families, education, careers, these are all good things. But no one, no one loves us more than Jesus. There is nothing like the love of Christ. No one can do what Jesus can do. There is nothing like the power of Christ. And only Jesus gave his life so that we may have eternal life. There is nothing like the death of Christ. And speaking of the death of Christ, it's a great reminder to us that Jesus didn't play it safe. He was courageous, took on our sin, died for us, and what came after he did that was amazing, extraordinary. And so the challenge for us this week, and again, these challenges are hard for me because we come here on Sunday, we hear these challenges, and I don't know if you're like me, but I leave and I easily forget the challenge. What am I supposed to do this week? Okay, so the challenge for us this week is to be courageous, to pray. Pray for a courageous heart. And then pray for an opportunity and be looking for an opportunity because it's easy to forget when we leave. To be looking for an opportunity to be courageous with your faith in Jesus. And then when you see the opportunity, take the opportunity to be courageous with your faith in Jesus. And we will be courageous in spite of our fear. And see Jesus do the extraordinary in us. Please pray with me. Lord, we do thank you for the call you've placed on each of our lives and the challenge that lays before us. And, and Lord, I admit, the challenge you give us many times is on some level just flat out scary, things we don't want to do. And Lord, I would ask that you would encourage us, that you would put your courage in us to face the things that may keep us from doing what you're calling us to do and that we would take a risk for you and for your kingdom. And Lord, then we trust that we will see you do the amazing and extraordinary in and through us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.